Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. The Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. My name is Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man. The Cap is with me, Mike Kapler, getting together for our weekly chat about the grace of God and His love, goodness, kindness, and all that we have received freely through Him, through God's oath that He made to Himself, because for one thing, He does not lie, and for another thing, He could swear by no other, so he swore by himself. He made an oath to himself. And that oath is where our surety lies. And, of course, the blood of Jesus. Jesus offered his body one time for the sins of mankind. And yet, many people, Cap, every day of their Christian life are living in fear. They're living in bondage because they are trying to get this thing right. They're trying every day to do it right, to live right, to do right, to make sure that they're right with God somehow by what they do, when, again, the assurance that we have is not based upon what we do. It's based upon something that is far, far greater. Again, God's oath that he made to himself and the body of Jesus Christ that he offered willingly for the sins of mankind. And so we have received so much freely from God, and yet many people are trying to attain these things. We want to talk a little bit uh, more about the things that we have received, that God has given us, and that he has made us to be already. Let's look at a few things here, Joel. I just got a few things jotted down, and there are many more, probably dozens. For those of you, and and, and this, this grace thing is kind of new to you, compared to some of the traditional church teaching that you've had. This is who God says you already are. Like we were talking about last week, it's not what you were trying to become. It's living from who God already says you are through what he did for you, a work that he did in you through Christ. So here's how you are identified. Again, it's a, it's a small sampling, but it's it's some, some, some of the major ones in my mind. You are the righteousness of God. You have been declared as righteous. God doesn't just see you as righteous. You really are. You are justified. You are holy. And, and these are things that Paul, through his writings to different churches, is describing you. So I'm not just making this stuff up, but you can find it embedded throughout the writings in the New Testament. You are holy. You are sanctified. Again, that's not a progressive thing. You are already sanctified. I know religion wants you to work at it, but forget about that. <laughs> you are perfected. You're clean, forgiven, a saint, not a sinner. You're accepted, complete, reconciled, redeemed. You're described as blameless in him, anointed, a child, an heir. And there's so much more, but that just gives you an idea of not what you're trying to become, but who you already are. And Joel, I mean, let me just talk for a minute or two uh, from the heart. I mean, I spent, I got saved at a young age. My experience is a little bit more the opposite of yours. I I didn't grow up in church. I didn't have people teaching me about Jesus. I kind of was on my own, but I learned a lot as, as a child by myself. And I see now looking back on my path, my journey, I see now how how God brought me to where I am today and how he used that time alone. You know, I think about Paul. Paul was alone for a while, but his circumstances were different from mine. (laughs) (laughs) But but having said that, I would eventually, eventually I would get into the place where I just thought I had to keep doing 
uh, you mentioned doing right. I had to do all the right things, avoid all the wrong things. And, and if I, if that wasn't happening, at least to my satisfaction, sometimes <laughs> to the satisfaction of others, if that wasn't happening, then I just sort of felt like I was being disconnected from God, sort of unplugged, so to speak. I didn't really know where I stood with God. So I had those hills and valleys, those ups and downs, those roller coasters throughout much of my Christian life until one day, And it literally happened in one day. Actually, it kind of started building up to uh, something that happened on one day where God began to reveal the gospel to me after 20 plus years as a young Christian. Because all those years that I I felt like there were times where I just didn't know where I stood with God. And you mentioned in your teen years some of the wild oats that you uh, sowed a couple of weeks ago on on the program, Joel, and I did that too. And I still believed in God, but I just thought I was just out there doing my own thing and I just felt like God wasn't going to love me anymore and that he was mad at me and I I just I couldn't come back to him I couldn't come back to you know experiencing that type of a relationship with him that I had once had as a young boy I didn't feel I could do that because I just thought that I I couldn't I couldn't just have God while I was doing all this other stuff and and so there was this quandary that that I was in all the time wondering was I separated was I not I mean Christians go through this stuff all the time wondering where they stand with God. So they try to make up for it by doing things and, you know, religious stuff or whatever, more time in in church, uh, trying to help people. There's some good things that can be involved in all of that. But now you're, you're just trying to position yourself with God so that you're more loved and more acceptable. And what really changed for me was when I began to realize, when, it, when the Spirit revealed to me to where I could understand it, that he was going to continue, God would continue to love me and embrace me and not let me go, no matter what. Then that changed everything for me. And it didn't make me want to run out and, you know, do all kinds of bad stuff. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was quite the opposite. But it, Joel, it, it just changed everything. I wanted to share this with so many people because for most of my life, I, I didn't know that. I, I was working to try to make sure God would be happy with me and bless me and all of that. And uh, when I realized that it wasn't about me and what I did, but it was about him and what he did, woo, and, and, and beginning to understand what unconditional love really was, uh, yeah, it was a game changer. Mm, yep. You know, knowing the love of God and knowing that he will never, ever stop loving us. You know, God loves us and is even better than that as well, and that he is love. So there's no way that he can stop. He never stops loving us. And he never withdraws from us. I was responding to somebody just last night on social media who somebody had posted a comment on something that I had posted. And then somebody else responded to that by saying, but if you don't repent of your sins, then God's protection will be withdrawn from you. Mm-hmm. And I told him what I just said at the beginning of this podcast. I said, God's protection of you, his love for you, everything that you've we've received from him is not based upon what we do. It's not based upon if we've turned from sin or not. Turning from sin, you know, stopping doing what we're doing is, is always a good thing. But his love and our salvation, the fact that we are holy and righteous and all these things that you mentioned, holy, justified, sanctified, perfected, clean, forgiven, accepted, anointed, we're a child, we're an heir, we're a son of God. All of these things, 
are based upon, again, the oath that God made to himself and the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins. And then, of course, him dying for our sins and being resurrected again. Everything comes from that, not from what we do. We receive all this simply by faith, simply by believing. And when we believe and simply trust God, that's when we receive all of this stuff freely, and it's never going to be taken away. God doesn't take these gifts away from us when we stumble and fall and when we don't live right and we don't live as well as, we, like you said, a lot of that was with me too. I thought I had to be living better. I wanted to get this thing right and, and do better according to what I thought God expected of me. We're always going to be trying and never attaining when it's about that, but when it's about the solid fact that God swore an oath to himself. And Jesus Christ willingly offered his body as the propitiation for sins to take our sins away as the sacrifice one time for all sins. That is what all of this is based upon. And because of that, we've become sons. We've become all of these things. In Galatians 3, Paul says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, not through what you do, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, don't get thrown by that word baptized. He's not talking about water baptism here in this case. He's talking about the fact that you have been submersed into Christ. That's what that word baptized means. It doesn't have to have anything to do with water. As many of you as were baptized, submersed into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and you are heirs, according to the promise. See, we are heirs of God. Paul talks a lot about this word, heirs. He brings it up in Romans 8. He talks about how we've not received the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption as sons. God has brought us into his family again by grace and by this by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That's who we are. And then he adds this little thing, provided, not little thing, but provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We have suffered with him. I think that's part of the point of, if you look at the bigger picture of all that Paul says, that we have died with him. We were crucified with him, and we've been raised together with him. Jesus himself said that the glory that the Father gave him, he has given to us, to all who believe. So accept that you are accepted by God. You can accept the truth of what God has already made you to be, and then you can live your life from that place rather than trying to become something and just see the difference when you're resting in who you already are rather than trying to become something. Yeah, if you think you're just a, a sinner saved by grace, I'm just a sinner. I mean, man, that, that was a phrase that I used over and over again in my younger Christian years. It made sense. Mm-hmm. We, we knew we were saved by grace, but somehow I, I, I was under the impression, and I don't think I'm alone here, but I was under the impression as a young Christian that I re- had received this gift of salvation. That's what somebody sold me. <laughs> they sold me the free gift of salvation. I didn't read the fine print and find out that there was some sort of an insurance policy that I needed to sign as well. <laughs> uh, and that would cost me everything. But this thing with 
getting the the gift of salvation for free, but I thought I had to maintain it from that point on. I had to take care of the gift. I, I had to make myself worthy of the gift or I might lose it. That was just a bad place to be in, and and thank the Lord that uh, you know he <laughs> over time he he began to show me what the gospel was when it came to his love, and you know love and fear they they are really opposites. Mm-hmm. There's no fear in love, and and I spent a lot of my time in fear of wondering where I stood with God. Faith and works those are opposites. That's not what I was taught growing up, but that's that's it. Faith and works opposite. Love and fear also opposite. And we're, we're living in love. And that just, that, again, that, that kind of just changes everything. So it's not so much that, that God came to um, help people stop doing bad stuff and start doing good stuff. That still comes from the tree that Adam fell, that tree of the knowledge of both good and evil, because the problem was Adam died. See, it wasn't that he just became a bad person and started doing bad stuff. The problem was he died. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus came to, to rectify that problem. Jesus came to take care of the problem of people who were spiritually dead and bringing them life, not necessarily turning them from bad to good. And once you begin to realize who you are in him, then that can change your behavior and the things that you do as well. Yeah, and it can also help you with the under, your understanding of the full forgiveness that you have from God. I mean, many people ask the question, how can I know? that I'm forgiven by God. How do I know that that he's forgiven me? Well, the blood of Jesus is the answer to that. See, that's the only thing through which our sins are forgiven. Uh, Sometimes we mess up and we just, we wonder if, will God forgive me? Well, the truth is through the one sacrifice of Jesus, he already has. You've already received all the forgiveness you're ever gonna get. We're gonna talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.